Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum Podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode we've got Netflix 258th film from 2020. It's the teen romantic comedy, The Kissing Booth 2, directed by Vince Marcello. It stars Joey King, Joel Courtney and Jacob Elordi. I'm Jesse. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here by myself to talk about this sequel to the Netflix original hit, The Kissing Booth Part 1, which we covered on this show uh, a couple of years ago now. Uh, from memory, it's one of our bigger episodes that's uh, been listened to. So thank you to those that took their time to hear um, myself and uh, my co-host sort of uh, tear that one apart a couple of years ago. So I wonder how we're going to go uh, with this one today. Uh, as always, I will spoil this film at various stages. Um, my guess is if you are listening to this, you've probably seen the film, but if not, give us a pause and come back a little bit later on because I'm going to spoil it through the fast flicks where we start off with a quick little summary of what the film is all about. So this one is about a girl who clings to her best friend, which causes issues for him because her boyfriend has left to go to college and she's lonely and insecure. Oh, sad. Really interesting. Um, let's see how this film goes. Let's talk about how it ended up on Netflix. So as I mentioned before, this one was a direct sequel to the 2018 film, The Kissing Booth. Um, and this is the second installment in the trilogy because this is itself based on the Kissing Booth books written by Beth Reekles. And there is a third one that has come out from Netflix as well. Uh, this was announced in Feb of 2019 that Joey King and Joel Courtney and Jacob Elordi would reprise their roles with Vince Marcello directing from a screenplay that he wrote alongside Jay Arnold with Netflix distributing it. Joey King, uh, who plays our main character, Alan, in this film, she was filming uh, another film called The Act in 2019 and she shaved her head for this role so she wears a wig throughout this whole film which I picked up on quite early I thought it did. her hair did look a little bit fake so uh, interesting little fact about this film uh, there is this big dance competition scene in the film and according to Netflix there were 2,000 extras that uh, came along for the filming of that so a pretty big effort to get that many extras in for, for a scene uh, according to Netflix this was the top streamed film in its opening weekend um and the first film actually came back in the ranks and franked third that week. So uh, it placed second in its sophomore weekend with Forbes noting that it is one of the most popular movies on the Netflix platform. We go to October of 2020 where Netflix reported 66 million households had watched the film over its first four weeks of release. Crazy. A lot of people watch this film, obviously. Um, translations around the world for this movie. In Bulgarian, it's called The House of Love 2. In Greek, it's called Friends with 2 funny uh, Japanese it's called a story that begins with a kiss Two. <laughs> in Norwegian it's called kiss me again I like that that's a good title uh, in Chinese it's called kiss station two and in Vietnamese it's called kissing boots two like the things you wear on your feet <laughs> good old Vietnamese always give us a good translation uh, the tagline for this film was rules can be broken dot 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 but so can hearts oh, so romantic this film um, uh, I'm already tearing up at the thought of uh, when I watch this <laughs> uh, <laughs> this film was released on Netflix on the 24th of July 2020 it was filmed in South Africa from April 2019 through to August of 2019 there were a couple of shots in California and America this did win at the People's Choice Awards two two awards uh, for favourite comedy star for Joey King and also the favourite comedy movie. So pretty successful from the popular sort of uh, award show there as well, which is interesting. What were the critics and audiences saying about this film? On Rotten Tomatoes, it sits at 27%. That's on 41 reviews. That is rotten. Uh, the audience has it a little bit higher at 39%. That's on more than 500 ratings. Super high for Rotten Tomatoes. IMDb, 
5.7 out of 10 on 35,000 ratings. So that's quite a few. But when we get to the numbers on Letterboxd, it has 104,567 ratings and has actually been logged by 182,000 people. That is so many people. So surprised. But what do you reckon Letterboxd have got it at? Sits at a 1.4 out of 5. That is extremely low. I don't think we've seen a film that low on here for quite a while. I guess that leads into my early thoughts. Did I really enjoy this one? Did I find it um, engaging? Uh, <laughs> this was a really, really hard watch. Um, it's like this teenage story in a fantasy world, which makes it really hard to connect with anything that it's trying to say because everything just seems so fake and so unrealistic. So unfortunately, uh, not going to be a lot of positive stuff from me as I talk about this film, but we do like to talk about the characters to start off with. Um, and I had every intention of revisiting my notes from the first film to sort of be like, cool, what, what did we see progress from these characters from the first film into this? But after watching it, I had no motivation whatsoever. Um, so I'm just going to sort of talk a little bit. I think we'll start with Al. Mention Al before. She's the, she's the main character. She's this determined girl. Her best friend is Lee. And Lee, um, his brother, is Noah. And Al is dating Noah. And Noah has gone to Boston to study. So Al and him are trying this long distance relationship thing. And in Noah's absence, Al has over relied on Lee, his brother, her best friend, which has really pissed off his girlfriend, Rachel, um, because she just wants to spend time with her boyfriend without the clingy best friend around. Okay, that makes sense. Al then also starts having feelings for this guy called Marco, who she dances with. <laughs> and then Noah, who's in Boston studying, has a new bunch of friends too, including this sophisticated girl called Chloe, who Al is envious of. So everything's through Al. And then Al has promised Lee, her best friend, that they'll go to Berkeley College together. But she's got interests in going to Harvard to be closer to Noah. And that's about it for the characters. What else can I say? That, that sums them all up perfectly. I don't need to talk about each one because that's it. That's the story. Um, The director, Vince. Vince Marcello. Literally, his last three credits are the three Kissing Booth films. That's it. Nothing else to say about him. All right, let's talk about some scenes. Uh, I don't want to race through this, but... Um, I just want to get it off my mind. <laughs> this is the and things that stood out. Uh, there's one scene that I thought was okay, and this is the Thanksgiving dinner. The, they all sit down together. There's a lot of arguments that happen. The conversations were okay. Molly Ringwald's there, um, as she was in the first film. That's okay. Now I'm going to get into the parts that I didn't like, and there's a fair bit. Uh, I think <laughs> we've got to talk about Lee. Um, Lee gives Al this really small school skirt at the start he goes to pick her up in the car it's a reference to the first film it's just gross and then when she gets in the car and they go to pick Lee's girlfriend Rachel up Al just won't move from the front seat so they can sit together it was just so awkward and so lame um then we get to school Al's on the PA um <laughs> like she doesn't know she's on the PA she's being tricked and she's watching this workout video from this guy Marco and she's ogling him and talking all this dirty talk about him the whole school's listening gross then Lee's trying like listening in class and he gets up and tries to run to the PA system to stop her from saying what she's saying and he goes through all these corridors and he falls over and all the classes listening are laughing and Marco's sitting there smiling at his name it's chanted so gross just just so unrealistic um Al has this zoom call with Noah because he's in Boston as I mentioned and he's just sitting there with no shirt on no reason why just no shirt on why <laughs> um <laughs> There's, there's this track class they all go to, like this sport class, um, and Al and Marco have to pick teams to do all these activities and races, and it's really lame. It's just to pit the two against each other. Uh, Marco, this guy, you know, he's this new character, and there's this scene where, you know, um, Al and uh, Lee are just walking down the street, and Marco's just sort of busking, playing his guitar in the middle of the street. Just, it's, it's too convenient, too convenient. Uh, 
and then to say that we know from the first film that um lee and al like to do those dance dance machine things and then there's this new uh, at the arcade there's this new top score on the dance machine and the name's mvp and it was just so clear that this was going to be marco just it had to be and it was and just wasn't a surprise uh al <laughs> al sort of flies over to boston to see noah and she sort of says something like you know i'm going to use you as my own personal jungle gym gross um then we see al you know she's insecure about this um chloe girl that's sort of hanging around with noah in boston and she finds this earring under his bed and we just get all this sad music and she freaks out it was just laughable so funny um and then again we get another another scene at school where lee this time takes over the school pa to profess his love for rachel and everyone at school's crying i'm like oh man this is so crap um marco and al they you know do some dance practice and they end up going to a fair and um, they had this, so they, they've gone the rides and all that sort of stuff. And they have this conversation on the beach afterwards. And then he just magically pulls out a guitar to play a song. <laughs> just, just, they've been at the fair. He didn't have the guitar with him the whole time, but he just pulls one out on the beach and then she just looks into his eyes all lovey-dovey. Oh, it was so funny. Um, there's these characters, Miles and Ollie, and the whole situation, it was nice. It's, it's about, you know, two guys liking each other. Nice to have it, but it was just done so poorly, especially when they bring their sort of mini story together at the kissing booth. Oh, man, I, I was just so disappointed for those two, or for, for that type of representation to be done so poorly. Um, Al and Lee, they, they've got this Halloween dance, and they've organized, along with Rachel, to sort of dress up um, in matching costumes. And Al and Lee dress up as Ghostbusters, and you know, there's a big scene of them getting out of the limo, doing the Ghostbuster move, and then Rachel gets out just dressed as a small, which is what they were going to do. And I just thought that was mean. Like, it just wasn't funny. It was just mean. Uh, and we see Al stalking Chloe's social medias and then she sees the earring that she found under the bed in one of the photos and just cries. <laughs> uh, laughable. Um, there's this dance montage where Al and Marco are like practicing and it's like a analogy for her letting go of Noah. And we just get all these montage shots of, of her and him together. <laughs> that was funny. Um, the whole dance competition, I'm talking about this dance competition, it was over the top. And then to finish it off, Al kisses Marco. It's just a really poor character choice, seeing as how upset we'd seen her with the thought that um, Noah was, you know, fooling around behind her back, and now she does it anyway. So that was just really poor. The idea of friendship rules, they, these friendship rules that Al and Lee have, they're lame and they suck. Especially number five, which was always do the Thanksgiving bone with your bestie. Who has rules like that? That's just stupid, 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 and to even put it in a film, rubbish. Um, we have this scene where Marco and Noah confront each other <laughs> over Al and, um, you know, don't talk to me and all that sort of stuff. And we've got Noah clenching his fist with multiple shots of the camera going close up on them. That was just funny. Uh, sorry, uh, last one, last one. Uh, Noah and Al, at the end of the film, everyone's happy, back together. Noah and Al are on his bike chasing Lee and Rachel in a car at the end. Just so stupid. I, it it would have made it if one of them had an accident and crashed and that was like the the cliffhanger for the third film i would have really enjoyed that i think <laughs> that's a bit morbid um what's this film saying what are some themes some ideas uh there's a lot of lying in this film so the idea of dishonesty being truthful with the people close to you um is really important even if it may upset them and that leads to, to the idea of being open in communication if you're open in communication people aren't going to think or make up things that aren't true so that's important this this uh, age bracket of this film is about making life decisions too and you know there's a lot of pressure on picking the right place for your future uh, but also not stressing about 
who you are and not knowing at that stage because it's okay life changes people change careers people change where they live all those sorts of things it's okay you've got to try something um, otherwise you'll never know I guess and and finally the idea of this long distance relationship to working it out you know how does it work how do you give space how do you not be clingy um, while still sh- wanting to show that you actually care about someone so that was all I could really take out of this one and I think I did a pretty good job there to be honest <laughs> um, what did I take away from this film I think um, you know considering this is a sequel and this is probably me being a little bit positive they did a pretty good job of not making it too important to have seen the first one that you know any gaps that there were based on you know references and things that were sort of nicely filled um, I did mention before what my cliffhanger would have been for this film but the cliffhanger on this film is uh, sort of being accepted into two colleges um and the idea is that you know she lies to everyone and says you know she wasn't accepted to either like please like based on this whole film she hasn't learned anything the whole idea of this film is that she needs to be truthful and open she hasn't learned anything this whole film how stupid what a stupid end to this film horrible um questions ponderings what, what did i want to ask about this film what are some thoughts i've we see it that there's this huge montage at the start of the film of what Elle and Lee did over summer. Apparently, they did a podcast together. Um, I'm really interested. What, what's the podcast about? Like, what could those two talk about that would actually engage an audience? Uh, it's about, like, being best friends or having stupid friend rules. Uh, <laughs> I would love to hear an episode of what they actually did. Uh, that'd be hilarious. Uh, the ne- Like, the next thing, I mentioned this in some of the scenes I didn't like. The PA system at the school. How is that system operated that way that it's so easy for kids to access? I think that is just absolutely stupid and just, like, it just didn't work. Neither of those scenes worked. I don't know why you need it. Just silly. Um, <laughs> the school Halloween dance. I thought this was, we saw at least three different singers or bands on stage throughout this, this big dance. Like, this school is so unrealistic. What school would be able to pa- afford or pay for three separate acts to perform at a school gig? crazy crazy and and i guess that's um a little bit disappointing this film too is like realistically it is still a very very white film you've got a couple of um you know a couple of characters but that are that are non-white but there's more like a challenge to l than anything else so a little bit sad um all right let's wrap this up we give the films a rating out of five for me i think um you know i suggest that this film probably wouldn't be for anyone other than fans of the first film or the book series realistically and you know that's fine um but in saying that there is no reason that this film is as long as it was it was like two hours and 20 minutes or something like that like something like that. ridiculous um super disappointing film i'm disappointed give it a miss i'm really hoping when we get to the third one in a couple of years time that it finishes on a nice note because the first two films have been pretty ordinary for me i'm giving this a one and a half out of five so um we are on socials we've got X, uh, formerly known as Twitter. We've got Facebook and Instagram. We are at Flix Forum on all those services. Um, the question I wanted to put onto social media is what college will Al choose? Uh, obviously, if you've seen the third film, you probably know. I haven't looked up spoilers. I'm just going to uh, hypothesize uh, that maybe she probably will go to college with Noah. I'm guessing she's going to... These films are all about young love, so I'm guessing she's going to go to be closer to Noah. Let's see if I'm right or wrong <laughs> when we do the next or the third film in a couple of years' time. Uh, we're back next week. Next week, we have another rom-com, I think. Um, it's a 2020 film. It's a South African rom-com called Seriously Single. This one's directed by Cathelo Ramafaki and Rathabil Ramafakul. 
I really don't know how to pronounce their surname, and I apologize. Um, <laughs> the stars Fulu Mugavani, Tumi Morocco, and Bohang Moiko. So that's what we've got next week. I'll try and uh, actually hyphenate those names for the episode next week. Give it a check. It's on Netflix. Seriously, single, as always. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.